Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey, all, this is John Duffin here from Duffin Media, and welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the podcast to help you find your business voice. How do you find it? You'll get what you want. You'll find what you need. Hopefully, you'll improve your relationships, too, along the way. That should be a given in this day and age. And drive results. One of the coolest things that I get to do in regards to hosting the show is I get to bring in people from a lot of different walks of life. And so first off, welcome back to the show. We're thrilled that you're here. Keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other places. And we'll keep driving content home to you. So as I was just starting to say, you guys are in for a great show today. We really are. I've got somebody that I get a chance to chat up. And this is where we want to talk about small world and connections and and that sort of thing. Here's a beautiful opportunity that I get. So I'm going to introduce in a second Kahir Clancy, who is Irish like me, but he's authentic. <laughs> he's across the pond, legitimately so. Um, and we'll talk about the way that lives intersect and connections are formed. And yes, of course, the way that you speak always matters. But I got to tell you, sometimes when it just happens organically, if anything, that's sometimes even better. So folks, welcome Kahir. Kahir, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, John. John, how are you? And thanks for having me on as well. It's great to it's great to be on to the podcast and great to chat with you about, you know, a range of different things. I'm looking forward to see how how things play out. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm really grateful. And I just have the sense, based upon the beginning portions of our relationship, that they're gonna play out great because they already have. And that just makes me happy. Um, it's crazy, man. So um, in addition to the five-hour time difference, it, 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 it's it's just awesome. I, I'll just literally just start to set the table. And honest to God, jump in whenever you feel like. But the fact of the matter is, it's like I – you talk about small worlds. Uh, I'm part of an inner circle uh, group through Lewis House. And this begins in regards to who to thunk it. I'm on an inner circle Zoom meeting, and one of the – Oh, I have no idea how many people are on air at that point. But the fact is, one of them is, right, uh, your friend Stephen jumps in Uh and asks a question, and it's a visual question. So Lewis focuses on Stephen for uh, a matter of a few minutes. And I'm looking at Stephen, and I'm – I'm going to say literally <laughs> because Lewis is talking about how he looks physically in relation to the business model he's creating. And I'm staring at this guy and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy is smoking. I know that has, oh, folks, I know that has nothing to do with voice. I know. I know. Um, but the fact is – but I'm drawn and his energy is off the charts. And that's the other thing. Off the charts in the best of ways. The best of ways. So – me and Steven start to connect afterward through social media, in Instagram and back and forth and what have you. Kahir 
very, very quickly comes <laughs> into the equation. And this is the best part of small worlds that it's like, okay, so I'm in the States, you're in Ireland. And all of a sudden, so now Kahir is in and we start, start to forge our own separate great relationship. And Stephen's the best. I love him to death. But what's changed for me is that now Kahir has his own identity with me. Totally. And that's the part that that, that I uh, get to touch on today, the good fortune, the, the dumb luck, um, whatever. <laughs> Look, man, uh, so I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of your family, and I am really a fan of that great daughter, Kusha, Kusha <laughs> that you have. Do me a favor. Talk to me, man. Like I said, it turns out like your background a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just when I don't really look too far into the past, but see, mm -hmm. you know, you even touching on, you know, how we, how we led to connect and like mm -hmm. through the kinetic cook, Stephen Beatty, you know, I'm just grateful to have great people like Stephen in my life and his energy and his, his motivation and discipline, you know, it's great to have good people around us at all times. Uh, yeah, to, to give you a bit of background into myself, John. Please, uh, please. I am a mental health coach mm -hmm. uh, with my own uh, company, Sonus Mental Wellness. So essentially what we do is we assist individuals uh, in need of, in who who essentially want to improve their mental wellness. That may be a socially, emotionally, a, it can be in any, in any area of their life, you know, to improve, to, to strive for better, to strive for more. So my background specifically is in stress management. A, mm. I've trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and I'm actually I'm going down the rabbit hole of hypnotherapy at the minute as well. So there's there's various tangents to you know my my style of of coaching or or traditionally what it would be re referred to as therapy, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, my mission statement, if you will, is you know to bring mental contentment and mental wellness to the masses. Uh, I think as a culture and a society, we are. We're moving forward. We're making baby steps, but I want therapy or coaching, mm -hmm. as I uh, package it, to be. I want someone to feel as okay about attending a mental health coaching session mm -hmm. as they would a PT or a physical therapy session. You know, I really want it to become to become normal. And I know across the pond in the US, you guys seem to be a little bit further ahead than us. Uh, stereotypically, Irish people would be somewhat closed about how they feel and they would they would very often sweep a lot of their problems and their feelings. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's here too. Um, yeah. Um, and you can hear my dog barking. I love what kind? What kind of dog? <laughs> we've we've got a wee terrier who doesn't uh, like terriers. <laughs> I was going to say that's a great. Oh, speaking of using your voice well, that's a great bark for a wee terrier. By the way, <laughs> that, I was going to say, oh, well, German Shepherd, obviously, and it's like, oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, feel free. That's okay. That's the beauty now of work from home. 
is that everybody gets included and everybody gets included, which I love, you know. Hey, give it another half an hour and we'll have we'll have (laughs) home as well. Um, But no, John, just like just to touch on, you know, how I got to this point as well. I think it's it's important, you know, to to speak to you about that. You know, uh, I suffered quite significantly from mental health issues Mm. as a as a as a young man and a teenager right up into my 20s. You know, I'm. I'm I'm still I'm I'm 28 now, but right up until my early to mid 20s, I, I struggled with mental health issues. And I, if I take it right back to being 10 or 11, mm-hmm. I was I was quite physically sick. I had physical health problems. So okay. I was in was in hospital for the guts of two years and ended up in a mental center for children mm-hmm. uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder. Essentially, long story short, it sort of sent me on a subconscious journey to really understand how my mind works, but also understand, you know, a byproduct of which was studying, you know, the mind at university. I studied communication um and social science and then went on to specialize in cbt and, mm-hmm. and the qualifications i was i was a uh, highlighting to yourself but it really is a beautiful journey you know and then leading it up right up until now you know how when you really commit to what you what you know your purpose is how you like we say it's dumb luck. I'm myself and yourself. We were like, right. Mm-hmm. It all started, but I see it. <laughs> Maybe not so dumb. <laughs> I see it as, you know, the law of attraction. Yeah. Know? Uh, you know, from my perspective, it's mm-hmm. like John Duffin was meant to come into my life. Mm-hmm. And add very much like what? Yeah. And contribute. And you have John, you know, like see, even when, you know, small things like, you know, putting something out on social media that you're passionate about and, you know, you're maybe the emotional part of your brain is thinking, you know, was that a good post? And, you know, consistently, like you will, you will write under the posts or you'll shoot me a message and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I love it. I love this. I love the message. And it's, it's that encouragement, you know, that that drives you on. And I, I just want to thank you for that. Oh God. That's so nice to hear. Let me share a couple things back. First, thank you for that kind of incredible acknowledgement. So right back at you, a couple things. First off, I love the fact right away that you said, you know, and I'm 28 now. It's it's amazing to me how great and how almost linear your journey has been at such a young age. Uh, That's one of the things that's really important impressive to me. Uh, I'm a lot older than 28. <laughs> and, oh, oh, get out, get the hell out. I, I'm double that. And so here's what I was going to say. Plus, uh, double that plus. So here's <laughs> the things I was going to say, which is just part of, first off, thank you for that kind of candor. I, when I was growing up, and this is one of the things I admire about you, that, that is, this is so you knew, and, and now I understand you almost had to know. So in the States, um, I can only speak for me, not for the not for the nation, but it was it really was 
mental health was swept under the rug. I can remember a job I had. I'm an adult now, not even as a kid. I'm a young adult. And I can remember somebody was taking a leave of absence um, based upon a mental health issue. Okay. That swept through a employment site so fast like a wildfire. Oh, my God. Oh, they're out for mental health. So that ugly yeah. stigma is what I truly believe is what made it so unusual. And when you talk about normalizing it like PT and 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 anything else, um, I, I it, it's so great to hear. Look, for myself personally, I remember just being like traumatized by like, and I traumatized sounds like a strong word because it is. But the fact of the matter is, I wasn't going to like I I can remember um, like feeling so despondent and and but you don't know what to do with that stuff if you're me, and so you don't, and so you don't, and then that becomes a byproduct of other things, and so just the fact that you lead with that. Folks, when we go to video next year, you'll see what I'm talking about. This guy is like ripped physically, ripped. Um, and and so and we'll get to the hows and whys as to how that benefits everything. But the fact of the matter is this guy is like insanely ripped. And 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 so that sense of and nobody questions your physical day to day. Right. Okay. Nobody questions that. Uh, you know, I'm going to be, go to the gym. Oh, so I'll just say. So it's like, all right. So even like I said, three of the things that I recall, the freshwater swimming, um, you know, the meditation, the gym, yeah. the working out, the running, that what have you, that people just cheer that. Mm. Like, oh, God, I wish I could do more of that. Oh, that's awesome. boy, You go get it. And still, if somebody says mental health or wellness is, oh, oh. You okay? Yeah. Oh, oh I didn't know. Oh, oh. And I love that you want to make those synonymous or as as normalized or yeah. as desirable. Like that's to me. Look, one of the things I think about, like uh, for myself, so like about 20 years ago, I'm having this real difficult challenge in terms of my life. And so um, I'm seeking help back then in a number of different ways. I want to touch on the fact in the hypnotherapy. I love that you're doing this because I have somebody who I actually work with and I have worked with him for a lot of years and he has gotten me through a lot, a lot, whether, you know, and so I'm thrilled and I want to focus on that too. But I'm also going to say that of like floundering around, I then run into, it wasn't a all of a sudden I have um, a significant issue with alcohol. It was a long-term story for me. Mm-hmm. But all I would say is I then finally, like roughly 20 years ago, sought help in that regard. Yeah. And, and that is another thing that was swept under the rug. It was ugly, gross. You know, of course, people would want you to do something about it. But oh. it's like, go fix that. Just go handle it and then come back. And, you know, so I think these things in terms of every aspect of everyone's life does not need to be front and center. I don't mean that, not you know, yeah. um, but I love the fact that you're freely able to communicate about it. And for myself, that's yeah. one of the gifts 
that I now have is the sense that I don't worry that you know that I had a problem with alcohol. Yeah, I don't worry about, oh my God, what are you going to think? You know, or are you going to run away? And that's why I love anybody who's open, open and honest mm-hmm. will connect with me. Yeah, I, I would be very open and honest with regards to my vulnerabilities mm-hmm. due to the fact that a lot of, how do I say this diplomatically, a lot of individuals within my industry would mm-hmm. portray that they would nearly, it's nearly, they have the Messiah complex. Okay. They, it's nearly an unattainable lifestyle that they have, and they've had this life that, you know, you can't, you know, subconsciously, consciously, you might think, uh, yeah, you know, I would like to try that, but subconsciously, you know, you believe that, you know, it, it's not possible to reach that level. So for me, it's very important and poignant to point out the fact that. Like I have had a lot of vulnerabilities. I have had trauma in my life. And to a certain extent, we've all had trauma in our life. So trauma, it's a varying scale mm-hmm. in that a trauma is in, at any level when your environment changes without your consent. Mm-hmm. Mm. So a trauma can be, you know, like for that. what's that? Sorry. I like that. I like how that expression just yeah. resonated with me. Say it one more time. So a trauma is when your environment changes without your consent. Oh, okay. Wow. So for a child, a trauma can be when, so for example, when my daughter is up sleeping in my bed mm-hmm. and I move her, if we look at it in a physical sense, yeah. I'm, I move her from my bed to hers. To hers. And she wakes up. Mm-hmm. Her environment is changing without her consent. So children have little mini traumas as such. Got it. They can flip in and flip out of those those states mm-hmm. very easily just due mm-hmm. to the fact that they are, you know, they're very present. Children are very present and very acutely aware of their own needs, mm-hmm. but not really other people's until they get a bit older. Yeah. Um, so, you know, traumas aren't always a bad thing, but I mean, I'm sort of going off on that tangent here, John. Um, essentially, you know, I want it to be known that there's absolutely no one that has their shit together. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> including myself. Mm-hmm. So I had a terrible... I had a terrible relationship with alcohol. I, mm. I never drank seven days a week. I mm-hmm. never drank a, you know, never really binge drank, but mm-hmm. the effect that it had on me, you know, just didn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a history of alcoholism in my, within my family and I knew that at 20, at about, I'd say I probably knew it at about 23, that, you know, I know that alcoholism is a progressive illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't lost anything. You know, my life wasn't in tatters or anything like that. But emotionally, the way it affected me two to three days after I had a drink, I knew, like, 
you know, I need to look at this. This is something mm-hmm. that I need to change. Um, so I did. I <laughs> I cut it out. Um, <laughs> you know, and for me, it was a pretty rational decision. Uh-huh. Like I had been working as a mentor and have been working as a mentor um, in my full-time job for the last four years. And I sort of feel somewhat, I sort of felt somewhat as a fraud, a, a little bit, you know, I was having imposter syndrome quite a lot. Um, what do you think? Just, I just felt that like I wasn't living, you know, living to the highest, you know, I wasn't living up to my own uh, core values and uh, that, you know, I knew that, so essentially my week would have been, I would have lived Monday to Friday oh. like, like a saint. And then <laughs> on a Friday Sorry. night, on a Friday night, I would have four or five beers. And on a Saturday, I would just like, it would just be as like, I would feel as if I'm just back at square one emotionally. And yeah, I just, I, I it just didn't sit right with me. It's like mm-hmm. the way I would put it is like, I felt as if I was allergic to alcohol nearly. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, if someone was allergic to tomatoes, you know. You just wouldn't was, eat them. You wouldn't eat them. You'd, so, you'd have maybe a bad day. Like, okay, I miss tomatoes. Uh, and now, okay, fine. Well, yeah. I'm not an idiot. I'm just not going to eat them. Yeah, On the I'm other not- hand. Uh- <laughs> so for me, it's like I'm allergic to alcohol, so I'm not going to take it. And the result and effect of that has just been, you know, just clarity and the ability to, like, be as productive on a Sunday as I would be on a Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I would never, like people have come up to me since and, you know, asked me like, would I recommend that, you know, would I recommend going off alcohol? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say to them, you know, what does it cost you? Oh. And they'd be like, well, I would spend, you know, 30 or 40 pound a week on alcohol and I, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, no, no, like, what does it cost you? Mm-hmm. You know, and essentially what I'm getting to is with anyone that asks me that is like, if anything that you do, any behavior that you act out on a daily or weekly or monthly basis costs you more in a negative sense than what you have paid for it or the time that you've consumed in it, it's not worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. so for me, I was maybe spending like, I don't know, 20 pound a week. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it was costing me much more than that in that it was contributing to my anxiety levels Mm -hmm. it was reducing my contentment on a day-to-day basis and it was really holding me back from pursuing my true purpose which is like really redefining um you know initially throughout ireland and the uk but eventually throughout the world how people how people view and like how people view and work on their mental health, mm-hmm. which is my, my mission. I find that 
spectacular, especially, again, based on not just the directness in the way that you say it, but more importantly, in, in that, that, that path. I'm grateful for a lot of reasons. One of them is that, that you found those solutions early. As you said, I'm a fairly rational person. Well, clearly you are. Um, I floundered around for 29 years before I got this straight. Uh, I was like 13 to 42. And if, if you had been around in my life before, um, two things. Number one, if you would ask me that question, how much does it cost you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I almost couldn't have answered the question because it would have made me too like distraught to give you the real answer, like, you know, the multiple arrests, the, uh, the just the ridiculous tearing away of relationships. Yeah, the money, my God. But uh, like I said, it was there was there was just a ton of pain involved. And I and I'll go to the second point, which is this. I still am a big believer, though, that it, 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 you're job, your calling is badly needed because yeah. perhaps it will get to my second point, which is people tend to not make a change based upon what I say or what you say. Uh, it has to resonate with them. And okay. I think somebody who asks really good questions rather than gives declarative statements or um, you better do this and you better, I think people that ask good questions have an incredible value and worth. And mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of th- reasons why, as you just said, it's like, yeah, first Ireland, then the UK, and then eventually the world, because that normalization of just asking questions, because who knows who could get their mind shifted because they thought they were doing it on their own, you know? Oh, yeah. And anybody who's a conduit to help you get there on your own is it, it, going to help people. And as I said, I fought it. I had people the most loving, kind people in the world that were so close to me trying to make me understand that. And I just either couldn't or wouldn't. And so I finally hit wit's end and then woke up. And I think and I encourage you because, as I said, I think so much of the success is that they got to figure it out on their own. But it doesn't mean you can't help. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't encourage. Uh, you said something earlier, man, which, like I said, away from specifically as it related to alcohol. But you said something earlier that's, that is so much appreciated by me. And you were talking about like that sense of that that communicable sense of 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 encouragement and attaboy and stuff. And here's one of the things I was going to first, thanks for saying that about me. And I would go right back to you, but here's what I was going to add, which is it took me a long time. And I would say within the last 20 years, it's become easier and easier for me to do in that communicating sense, which is not be afraid as afraid. I'm still very much a work in progress, but as I'm not nearly as afraid as to what someone thinks of the way that I communicate. And that speaks volumes. I'll tell you what it it is. It's the encouragement of other people. So from you specifically that I will throw attaboy comments or cheeky yeah. comments or, or whatever. And, and I don't have to sweat. How are you going to take it? 
Obviously, you're not crossing lines, but I was going to say, but I mean that it's like, but I love that sense of freedom. You give that. I, you said something the other day, and I tied it at first to what I was thinking of the ways that I've since learned as it relates to my own alcohol problems. But you yeah. talked about even motivating people to encourage them to do things physically. You talked about, in essence, playing the tape out, like trying to associate pain with not working out and the pleasure to working out, how will you feel, how will you look, and and, and getting to the end of, like I said, and, and playing the end of the tape. Has that always been you that way for you? I mean, for me, it's it's a mixture between experience and education. You know, cool. uh, it's getting those reps in. You know, mm-hmm. the first time I mentored someone in mm-hmm. Southwest College in Dungannon, uh, my, yeah, I was, you know, like anything else, I'm sure your first voice recording, you know, your first, your first gig as such, yeah, yeah. You know, feel overwhelmed and it's more mm-hmm. like, it's more a finding your way than it mm-hmm. is a, you know, knowing, knowing exactly what you're mm-hmm. doing. You know, I, I know at the start, I was very aware of the fake it till you make it um, mm-hmm. mindset. A, and I have my training and I have my qualifications, but sure. at the end of the day, like, I think what what always benefited me so i look at my ex i look at my experience Mm -hmm. and i look at my education and it's worth absolutely nothing compared to like the empathetic nature that my mother instilled within me a naturally you know nice like she has this like personality and nature, you know, about her that like she has a genuine care, caring nature for everyone. She wants like out of my house, she wants all of us to be okay. Mm. And she comes, you know, she comes last, which I would actually, I'm constantly telling her, you know, you need to be positively selfish and you need to look after yourself. But I would attribute like my early success to to her and like like how that is like thankfully how I, I you know I picked up some of her traits and that like having a really deep you know creating really deep connections mm. with individuals mm-hmm. and understanding them as well it's like life is a game of understanding John I'm sure like mm-hmm. you know we know we know that especially like but for me it's like i don't need to essentially agree with everything that someone has done but i do search for an understanding to give them you know not justification but an understanding that yeah you know based on what has happened in your life like it makes sense that you feel the way you feel, mm-hmm. you know, however, you know, we are going to go on a journey and mm-hmm. we're going to look at your life. We're going to look at the past. We're going to look at your beliefs. We're going to look at your thought patterns. We're going to look at the the present and we're going to develop a mental health toolbox that you can use, you know, like I'm not going to be the person making the difference here. 
Mm-hmm. I'm merely holding your hand. Mm-hmm. I'm coming down into the trench with you and we're going to, you know, we're going to explore like what is causing these symptoms that you're experiencing mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And like from my perspective, it's like the client is the boss. I'm merely there to assist. You know, a lot of the times I, I, I've been, I went to quite a lot of therapy when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. it was led by the psychologist or led by the counselor. And I still do lead in terms of making suggestions, but it is the client for me that is driving the relationship. You know, you get what you give, you know, and they are ultimately responsible for the meeting their development need. You know, one of my first sessions, what we sit down and do is we agree, you know, what outcomes do you want? Do you want to overcome anxiety? Do you want to improve your ability to speak in public? You know, what area of your life do you want to improve? Like, what is your development need? Mm-hmm. And we set that out very, we make that clear. The first session's on clarity. And for me, it's like making them clear that, making, making it clear that their the success of this program is based upon their output and I'll meet them halfway, you know, but uh, my objective is for them to become their own therapist. I think that's amazing. And by the way, I was going to say you're using words throughout there like we and then sense of acknowledgement and meeting halfway, as you just said, at the end at that point. And one of the things that I think about is that sense of, I think, at least for me, as you were just saying it, there's a sense of reducing someone's fear because you were there. And and I'm uh, it, simply because you were there, it, as you said, they're the boss, they're the leader, they're going to make the decision. Blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, if it feels like someone is there with you and if they're communicating it in words, and then I'll touch on, you've got a really calming voice. And for a guy that I am equating to someone who has a ton of energy and a ton of a positive vibe, you've got a very calming way of speaking has that helped you in regards to getting either acknowledgement back or buy-in from those perspective people that have to answer what are some tough questions in the beginning totally i mean from my perspective like if someone comes into me with anxiety mm-hmm. and they come into me and they say how you doing my name's kihar and you know i'm i'm here today because of my anxiety and i want to you know and they're talking at quite a high temple mm-hmm. right you know it makes sense for me to what i'll do is neurolinguistic programming is is another area that i've read into extensively and i'm i've completed training and it, it's like if you match that person's tempo with a part of your body mm-hmm. such as your finger <laughs> This is good. This is a little trick, John. Okay? No, but I want to know, man. I want to know. All right. So if you match with your finger, so tell me tell me what you mean. Okay. So if the person is speaking at a certain pace, you will match that pace with your, say, tapping your finger. And then ah, what, 
what you will do mm-hmm. is you will slow down the, the pace. Like a beat. That, that you're tapping your finger at. So essentially what you're doing is you can do it through breathing as well. Mm. You can match their breathing pattern. But essentially what I want to do is like, you know, bring down the, you know, bring down the tempo and allow people to, you know, think before they speak, slow mm. down their system, allow themselves to become present when they're talking. Uh, it's not really a conscious thing from my perspective. It's just, you know, I think through practice and mindfulness as well and meditation mm. on a daily basis, uh, I would be a pretty calm person, thank mm. God. Um, but yeah, just from, I know that, you know, consciously when I'm with clients and they are anxious or they, their, their tonality is, you know, communicating that they feel a certain way, uh, I would cater my com- communication style to essentially, you know, for me, it's like, communicating the points that I want to make in terms of suggestions, but also communicating that I'm listening, which is a very important thing for me. I am listening to you. I hear you. I understand you. Like, I understand where you're coming from right now because the one thing from a client's perspective is if they're presenting a symptom or a problem to you, the last thing that they want to hear from you is that you don't get what they're talking about, that you don't understand them. So for me, it's like, yeah, I'm with you all the way here. Mm -hmm. I understand totally. I'm with you, you know, and for them, that gives them that vindication that, okay, someone finally gets me, Mm -hmm. you know, and for me, it's like, okay, this is our current reality, but this doesn't have to be your reality tomorrow. doesn't have to be your reality in a week month the year you know so yeah it's my 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 initial degree and master's was in communication non-verbal and verbal so i that was my initial the reason i actually went to study them because when it came to public speaking a I, I was quite nervous and wasn't very confident okay yes yeah, okay. so, so my first degree was public relations uh, and I, my initial thoughts behind that degree was, you know, it's a social science degree and it'll improve my ability to speak to others. That was literally it, you know, and not that I wanted to be a public speaker, but I wanted to be able to communicate with people effectively. Um, so that's why I done that degree. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I love the area of communication. That's, that was my first love really when it, came to a exploring the mind and how the mind is connected to you know how we think and act in terms of our non-verbal and verbal cues i'm so impressed by the fact that that you get the sense that communication while it's not a means to an end or the way that you speak isn't going to solve a problem or fix a situation you can convey so much. I love when you talked about the movement of the finger, um, the, the yeah. tempo in your voice. It started to calm me down. I wanted to ask a follow-up question from way earlier. One question as it relates to uh, hypnotherapy. 
that you are focusing on right now because the way also that I hear you speak, Mm -hmm. especially in the last few minutes, leads me to think that you'd be especially good with that. I would only say that I am a massive advocate because I brought up somebody. His name is Joe Dowling. He's in Philadelphia, extensive um, experience and wrote a book called Zonefulness. And I was able to do the first thing I took was a very linear thing. And this is where, as I said, again, in terms of sharing with an audience, um, how you can go way past linear situations like I wanted to stop smoking. That was the initial intention. And I was Joe's first patient, as it turned out, right? So I say that because I had tried to stop smoking for a lot of years. I had actually gone to another hypnotherapist in a group situation a, a couple of months prior, found it like laughable, you know, the whole situation. Then I meet Joe. And we go through the zonefulness thing. I have not smoked in close to 30 years and it stopped. Now, I say that because as you brought up several times that it's not necessarily just that specific thing um, that you're trying to fix or resolve. I went back to Joe with mental health concerns. I have gone back to Joe in regards to improving my ability to do things like run. to alleviate anxiety, to get rid of fear, to be in better shape. So I've utilized his ability to speak to me in a way that you brought up earlier, that you understand, you acknowledge, you understand, and that you're able to guide them. And that was the the thing where I think you'll be so powerful. I went from very shallow sorts of goals I want to run faster. I want to complete a marathon. I want to look better without a shirt. Mm -hmm. I want to stop this lion who is screaming in my head. I want to, you know, so I went from very deep to very shallow. And he is able to navigate all the way through. And I think that's what's going to make you such such a strong advocate. Um, And there's a, a sense, at least... 20, 30 years ago, there was a sense of weirdness with hypnotherapy. Yeah. There's a stigma. There was a stigma, and there still is, unfortunately, in yeah. regards to mental wellness. But there was like a weirdness factor with hypnotherapy. And so I love the fact that that's getting normalized. What's one thing that you would say, and there's probably a million things you want, but what's one thing that comes to your mind in the way that you could help somebody as it regards to hypnotherapy? I think, especially for the Irish. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say market because that that a uh, puts a capitalist <laughs> in, <laughs> in everything you know. But the Irish population, right? Uh, as I've said, a lot of us would sweep mm-hmm. our, we would repress mm-hmm. a lot of our emotions. We'd re- repress a lot of our feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm. So the result of that is a lot of our feelings, thoughts, and beliefs make their way to our subconscious. Right. So hypnotherapy allows us to really achieve a state that a lot of us wouldn't be able to achieve otherwise in that we can really explore the root causes of a lot of our symptoms, a lot of our issues. Uh, So for me, it's an extra tool that I can add to my toolbox that I can allow people that maybe, you know, are presenting, they're smoking too much, they're drinking Mm -hmm. too much, they're finding it tough to lose weight, they're Mm -hmm. finding 
tough to speak in public, engage with individuals, and it can allow me, if necessary, it's not always necessary, um, to really, and hypnosis and hypnotherapy does have that stigma mm-hmm. because there's hypnotists who portray that they're puppets and they're puppeteers, sorry. Yeah. Oh, now you're a cat. Now, yeah. now, now bark like a dog, uh, yeah. right? And, 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 and make it look crazy. Totally. So hypnotherapy is like, like not at all, like a, not at all like that. It, it's really a guided experience mm-hmm. in where the client is totally in control of their thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're opening the door for them. We're quieting, think, we're quieting things down in their mind, the analytical, the conscious part of their brain. We're quieting that down so that they can really explore the root cause of the symptoms or the issue that they have. Mm -hmm. So once again, I'm going to go right back to it. Like they are their own therapists. Mm. Like (laughs) I am assisting them Mm -hmm. in hypnotizing themselves, which is that, that like that breeds its way right throughout my you know, right throughout all processes, I'm holding them by the hands, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm here with you. Um, but at the end of the day, hypnotherapy, you know, what I am doing is I am assisting that person in achieving a state of hypnosis, which is, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fancy word for a very meditative, serene and peaceful state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I agree a thousand percent. Let me ask you that. So in terms of if I heard correctly and I've heard a ton and I'm wildly appreciative, but a few things are jumping at me. And I just want to make sure that I if someone, the someones that are listening today are going to take anything away as the way they communicate. Here's three or four things that jumped in regard and let me know if I got it right or Am I leaving anything out? Which is number one, that sense of the importance of allowing connection to at least be possible. Keeping your mind free to allow the other person to know that a connection is possible and that it's okay and and almost safe. Because the way that you talk in terms of finding that sort of or acknowledging where someone is, that they're not alone in the situation, that, that you heard them and you get it, if I heard that correctly. You oh, heard yeah. and get where they're coming from so that you can make them feel a little less alone in a communication process. If it's a singular encounter or a group of communications that they can feel like, okay, I'm not going to go off this cliff by myself. Yeah. That this person sees and hears and acknowledges me. And then I remember, like, not just the way that you utilize your voice, not just that calming nature of utilizing your voice to quiet them down or to slow them down, but you can also utilize physical gestures, as you brought up with the finger, to guide them through to a point where you can help them get slower. So it's even though ultimately it's on them to communicate that yeah. this is always a we thing and that you have specific ways that you can help somebody get there. Did totally. I get that right? Totally, totally. And I mean, uh, the main thing is like from an individual's 
perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I I over I maybe have overemphasized it that like they do a lot of the work, you mm-hmm. know, themselves. But I just want you know I want people to feel that sense of control. Like a lot of people tend to have this mindset that you know why always me you know mm-hmm. all things always seem to happen to me whereas like if we switch that and flip that into mm-hmm. my thoughts feelings my thoughts and feelings affect mm-hmm. how, how i behave and they that then represents itself in my outcomes and my reality a mm-hmm. uh, we can switch our perception mm-hmm. at any given point in time mm-hmm. uh, to looking at the positives in life and i choose to look at the positives Mm-hmm. You know, for every problem, there is a solution. Uh, and I assist people in finding those solutions. That's it's, it's as simple as that. I don't like to, you know, when I'm working with clients, I don't like to use fancy words. I don't like to uh, say, okay, today we're, we're going to engage in a bit of cognitive restructuring. Or anything right. like and they're like, okay, uh, 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 what? Um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to change your thoughts. We're going to uh, look at your thoughts and we're going to change them. Yeah. We're going to come up with better alternatives that make more sense to how you want to feel. Uh, We're not going to, you know, we're not going to look at any neurological programming. We're not going to do that. We're going to look at how what you say Mm -hmm. affects your feelings and affects how you behave. You know, there's no point in me overcomplicating things. I want mental wellness to be digestible mm. mm-hmm. for the population simple as you know i'm not gonna a uh, stroke my ego mm-hmm. by communicating and articulating my words in a way that confuses people because at the end of the day that like i can do that but what's gonna achieve mm-hmm. for the client you know mm-hmm. for me it's like okay you've came to me with symptoms a development need a development issue that you want to work on and look at a, you know, we may not have the answer today, but I promise you, we will find the answer, you know, but I need your, I need your buy-in. I need your commitment, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll get there. We'll get there together, you know, but that in terms of safety, security, uh, allowing someone the, the freedom to take a risk and that sense of acknowledgement that I see it and I get it. Uh, but ultimately, you're going to be the one that's taking that leap. Look, these are things, dude, when I first encountered you, I sent you over some goofy picture of some guy ready to dive into 40 foot and in a speedo. And I'm like, that's going to be me. Now, totally. here's what I was going to say. <laughs> It doesn't get too much more shallow than that. <laughs> and But here's what has changed, that when you align people – here's what you did. A, what you did. You made that feel desirable and achievable. So yeah. when you do that with things that are not the paramount of people's lives, that they intend it will take action. So I now know that I need to do the work because I'm not going to look like some clown or some senior citizen um, falling out of a skimpy bathing suit. <laughs> so I got work to do. But the other thing is, it's that freedom and safety of knowing that was okay. So I can go further. And that's with other people. The, the beauty of communications is so you can go further. And that sense of a great connection has nothing to do for me as it relates to you specifically has nothing to do anymore with that photo 
Nothing. Yeah. Like that's just such a, a, a mindless byproduct of what is a legitimate, for me, authentic connection that literally now through the phone, I can't wait to physically connect and see you and your family. Answer one more question for me before we go, which is literally, what do you want to teach Kushla that you haven't yet had the opportunity to teach her? I I want her to be able to unashamedly be herself and mm. know that there is no, there's absolutely nothing in this world that she can't have if she applies hard work and the right attitude. Uh, I also want her to be able to live a life of contentment and be, oh, just, just, just be able to have, the, have a mindset that allows her to, you know, break down barriers for women and girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I, I've, well, it sounds a bit selfish when I say I have big plans for Kushla, but I know that <laughs> he, has, he is already an amazing young woman. And, right. you know, I'm excited. I, it's my, that's my purpose, you know, mm. beyond everything else is like, she is the reason I live and breathe every day. You know, so just to be yourself and to unashamedly be yourself and to know that she can self-regulate emotionally and mentally as well. That's a massive thing for me, you know, mm. uh, and having a growth mindset as well. You know, that's something that I'm trying to, to get in there at the minute. You know, uh, there's no such thing as can't. And, you know, Kushla finds a way, like Kushla has, we have we mantra, you know, a... Uh, when she's finding it tough to do something, you know, mm -hmm. tell me, say, give me, an, yes, yeah, give me an example. She says she, me and her both say, like you know, a uh, Kushla never gives up. Kushla always finds a way. Um, and for me, like that being like hardwired and like mm -hmm. developed at such a, an early age, along with like we'll do meditation. And I walked into the living room the other day, and she had a wee book out and. Mm -hmm a pen and she said to me she was like daddy look i'm journaling i'm writing down how i feel and, oh my god oh you know he's four like and it's just it's amazing to see that like she's picking these little things up oh. even like she'll say to like me and dervla the odd time yeah or, uh, she'll say like look or i i need to go and do a workout you know i'm oh like god it's just fantastic you know that I see these little things dripping onto her and like, I just can't wait. Of course, well, I can wait. I love being with her every day, mm -hmm. but I am looking forward to seeing the beautiful young woman that she continues to turn into, you know? Oh my God. Well, you guys have a beautiful family and you, I mean, are a beautiful soul. Thank you, man, for this. Get here, Clancy. I am absolutely thrilled that we got the chance to connect further. I could feel the energy. And folks, I hope you have as well. Kahir, thanks so much, man, for doing this for me. I'm really grateful. No problem, John. Take care and God bless, my friend. Back at you. Thank you so much. And folks, you've just listened to another episode of Your Message Received. As I said, your message received will help you find your business voice. It'll help you find your voice and connection too. Keep listening to us. Keep liking, keep sharing, and we will be back with more real soon. This is John Duffin, Duffin Media. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day. And now making its way across the finish line. 
Your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.